went to Constantin's, hosted by Destiny and John Constantin on Anchor.fm. Hi, everyone. Happy Sunday. I hope you are all having a beautiful morning. This is Chan with the Constantins with your host, Destiny Constantin. And John Constantin. Welcome to Chat with the Constantins on Anchor.fm. We have a special guest in the studio today. Go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us all about yourself. Hi, my name is Calpurnia Charles, or Nicole Charles. I prefer Nicole, and I am from the beautiful country of Belize, now living in Atlanta, Georgia. So what's the weather like in Atlanta, Georgia right now? Finally, 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 after a week of raining, it is beautiful. It is nice and hot. It is a barbecue kind of weather. <laughs> here, here in Lockport, it's, I don't know what it is. It looks like partly cloudy, it might rain, I don't know. But we had some bad weather for a while, heavy rains, hail, it's crazy. We got 79 degrees and it is cloudy. Wow, yeah. it is nice and hot here, so I'll enjoy it for all of us. <laughs> you got the AC running? Definitely. So I say nice and hot, but I've not been outside. <laughs> <laughs> so I see on the back of the wall there, you got some books. Are those the books that you wrote? Definitely. Those are my uh, children's books. The upper one is my first. It's called Bedtime. It's a very small, um, short, kind of quick, fun way to put your kids to bed. Um, and the second one came off the heels of that with people asking for a book for a little older child because uh, a couple of my friends have younger kids and they have kids that are about to go into kinder and they're looking for books to start them off with. So that's how the second one came about. Nice. So how long did it take you to write them? Did it take you a while? The first one I had in my pocket. <laughs> it was in the pocket. <laughs> so I, what I did um, for a while, I've always wanted to do children's books. Um, and I drafted that book kind of like just on a whim thinking, oh, eventually it'll happen whenever it happens. And uh, so that's how that one came about. It, it was kind of just sitting and when I got an opportunity, I submitted it and forgot it. <laughs> Not really <laughs> thinking, oh, well, it's going to be anything more than uh, what it was. So um, I submitted it and when I got my first copy, I was like, I wrote a book. I have a book. This is amazing. But it was sitting for a little bit. Um, not much uh, consideration into what it was or what it could be or what it would turn out to be other than I wanted it to be big, bold words that, that younger kids can pick up quickly. Um, if you read it to them regularly, they will start like saying your words or saying the words. And one of the things that really stands out for me, I, I have a nephew right now um, going on the heels of two, I believe he's two or just about two. And now he asks his mom for the book by title. And it, it's like exactly what I'm looking for. Very quick, very easy for them to remember things that they want to, to see or things that they would do on a regular routine that would help that mom keep them on a routine. So that's how, that's how bedtime came about. And that's where it, it's at now. It's kind of like how our story came out, the journey with dad. I, I was a college student at C at my local county college here and I had an off day, but that's at class because I have to take care of her because she's in a wheelchair, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had a I had free time and all of a sudden I just started typing on the computer, come up with a story and it turned in for extra extra points. 
towards my grade. And then I didn't know it, but I made Destiny's dream happen, be, becoming an author, because she looked at it. It's like, Dad, I think we got some. We got to do a little tweaking here, a little. And we had about seven different people look at it, read it, edit it different ways, and like, we just submit it. I would never recommend going to a Libris because we got burned by them. But that's where gotcha. the book's published. But you can find it on our website, uh, constantbooks.com or amazon.com. And the children's center at the school loved it because they loved the wolves that were in the book and the pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. We had like a little 15 minutes of fame with it, then it just died out. Gotcha. But it's still out there. I'm still proud of it. I think uh, we're thinking about re- redoing it a uh, different way because of all the editing tools that destiny learned about which i'm so proud of that she's doing great things and as a dad it's it's, it's just a proud moment just to do every, anything and anything with my with my daughter definitely my dad's my cornerstone too so i totally understand that <laughs> yeah oh i'm sorry i'm i'm taking up your time destiny <laughs> it's okay i'm waiting all right i'm gonna i'm gonna be quiet for a minute well um I met Nicole for Coffeehouse Friday. She was my poetry mentor. Um, she's the one who taught me about poetry <laughs> and helped me publish my first poem that's in the anthropology. And we even co-wrote two poems together while she was there. Um, my favorite pieces, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, she's very talented, um, and I'm so proud of her. She is going for a doctor's degree. Dr. Nicole, huh? <laughs> Thank you, Destiny. See, her pieces with me stick with me because it's it's the softness that she brings, the the human side, the human element of her pieces. So the pieces that we did together always stick with me. It's I, I read them regularly. It's like really soft, really compassionate. So even when I logged out, I was like, hi, Destiny. <laughs> So it's it's it was amazing to work with you on on those pieces, and I look forward to maybe doing a couple bit more with you as you progress and you get comfortable. I know you you went back to school, so as long as you have some time after I'm done with this paper, we can definitely jump back into those uh, writing poetry together. Of course, um, I'd be happy to. Um, I know I but trying to figure out a writing schedule myself. It's challenging. I, I don't know. Um, sometimes there's days where I get frustrated and I just go, how am I doing all this? Um, I totally get that. And those are the days you write. You take a, a book and you just write and you just get it out and then you just let it sit and it turns into something. Somehow it turns into something. <laughs> it does. Um, you know, I I started writing as a tool to I guess process my emotions uh, Mm -hmm. when I became wheelchair bound it was my outlook Um, I always wanted to write a story because I wanted to be one of those teachers who had a story to tell their students something that they would love during reading time and during student field placements I got to read our book to the second graders I was working with Amazing. And they just loved it. Yeah. Pro- proud dad moment. <laughs> Stand in the corner, just sipping some coffee, watch her read it, and watch the kids' face lights up. I think that's that's another part of the books for me. Um, it, it is about 
one of the one of the things that I've asked parents to do is once you get a chance and you get that book, you send me a picture with that child either reading or looking through the book. And every single time I get a new picture, I cry. It's like, okay, <laughs> we need to fix this part first. But it it is amazing to see they're reading. They can't read properly, but they're reading. So they're looking at the pictures and they're creating their own stories. So my second book, To Libby and Me, is actually about a little girl and her doll. Um, and she takes this doll everywhere. And I think every parent has a child who is stuck with a blanket or a teddy bear or a doll or a toy that they can't do without. Um, and for me, I have a teddy bear that I was given as a gift around age 14 or 15, and it became my go-to thing when I was scared, when I was uncomfortable, or studying late at night, I would sit with that bear and it would just be my point of comfort. Um, so for me, the book is similar, and not to give away, but there's a portion of the the, the latter part of the book, it, it, it's, it's open to interpretation. I left it that way so that as a child, you're reading with your child, you can ask that child questions, you can begin to have that child think about their own story. Um, it's not necessarily to have a second portion to the book or a second version to the book or a, a new book coming out to follow this one, but it's an opportunity to give children an op a, a chance to, to create their own story with their parents, with their mom, with that person who they read with. Um, what comes next is it's for them to tell you, and that's why the book's written that way. So uh, you got some more books in the works? So was that little hint coming out? <laughs> More books, breaking news on chatting with the Constantins on anchor.fm. I do actually. I have a third. <laughs> nice. I have a third one, and uh, the illustrator is working on that one. And it's a little boy's book because, again, parents are like, You're just writing for little girls. I have a little boy. And it's like, Okay, fine. Let me think about something for a little boy. Um, so that one's called Daddy's Nose and Toes. And that's I will cool. leave it there. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Sorry, guys. I tried to get more, but that's, that's all I can get. That will be the little gift for my little boy, my little boy readers. Um, so I've been also calling my little readers the littlest readers. So welcome to the littlest readers club with Calpurnia. Um, <laughs> because it is a joy and it's a pleasure to just watch them come up with their own stories. They, they tell you about a story and I'm thinking, I am sure there are only five words on that page, but okay, let, let's hear where this is going to go. So having them have their moment is, is for me the biggest part of writing children's books. It's the biggest pleasure I've ever think I've received from doing a simple task. And, and there's a lot of thought process that goes into it too, because you got to make sure you have the right words and context mm. you want to put it in. It's, it's, it's like my favorite line in, in our children's books. It's like, we're coming out of a creepy forest because we got lost because it's my fault. <laughs> and and my daughter looks at me and says, Dad, it looks like you need some coffee. And th there's a coffee shop off the road. And that's like one of our favorite settings in, in, in the book. So I, I understand what, what that feels to, to have that point. And especially the, when, the, when the kids were looking through our books and their imagination was going, there's wolves in the book? Yeah, the wolves are like a metaphor. <laughs>
again, talking about opening that creativity, allowing them to build on what it is you have presented to them. It's not locking them into a box. So you say mm-hmm. wolves, but it's not, they're looking for wolves and then they eventually understand, oh, it's not quite what he meant. So that's the biggest portion of it, giving them freedom to to just grow, just to think about their own little world and come up with their own. Granted, children need no <laughs> no <laughs> extra space to create their own stories, but no. for me, I think understanding how their little mind works, it, it helps. Um, I don't necessarily speak to children like in baby talk. So again, no. like you said, choosing the right words, uh, do we have rhyming words in there that will keep their attention? It, it, it cannot be over their heads that they don't understand a story. It cannot be uh, a story about something that they cannot relate to. And going back to Julie B and me, like I said, every child has that favorite toy. Whether or not they take it around, whether or not they need it for comfort, support, whatever the case may be, every child has that favorite toy. And understanding that this little girl carries her doll wherever she goes she's singing a song and she has the doll along so it's kind of like yeah i do that too i know why she has her doll i understand where she's going with her doll oh her doll where is her doll and even having um i have a friend with a three-year-old and she's my tester so we would read to her and she asked questions. She would ask, so why is the doll not on this page? <laughs> and that's what, that's the feedback I give back to my illustrator. She's looking for the doll on that page. And it, sometimes he would come back and he would be like, yeah, the doll does not need to be on all the page. If a child says to me, the doll needs to be on that page, the doll needs to be on that page. Because if she's looking okay. for it, other children will look for it. So exactly. that's how we test. That's how I test my book. Like I, I read it to her. I read it to another um, child and whatever they come up with, what they don't understand, we tweak and, and stuff like that. So in all essence of the book, we're writing for a child. So you're being more like an influencer and an educator at the same time. Hoping to be. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, so uh, the first book, bedtime it's strictly in english um i I keep calling it my my baby project it's like what to do with this how to get this done all the correct all the little pieces and by the time we got to the second book i started thinking how else can we allow children to grow um so i did the book in english and spanish um and then i did the book in english and garifuna which is one of the languages spoken in in my home country as well as honduras guatemala nicaragua um of course we have a a huge garifuna population in new york and la here in the u.s so um it's also an opportunity for parents to say hey you can learn another language um as you teach them the words in spanish you can kind of bring it back to them in English. So this, even if you do one word a night, even if you do uh, a sentence a night, you allow them to learn a new language and then again, expand and, and, and grow along the way. So, Was it hard to write in a different language or just, just flowed like you're writing in English? So in Belize, we actually speak English, Spanish, Garifuna. I had a translator for Garifuna because I don't speak the language. 
Um, and I also did a translator for Spanish simply because I needed to make sure the words were right. <laughs> and the correct pro pronunciations. Yeah, exactly. Spanish. Exactly. So um, it's a mind shift. It's a slight mm -hmm. mind shift because you cannot fully write in Spanish if you're thinking in English. So um, we do, because we do, do speak both, both languages, I can write in Spanish. Um, but like I said, I made sure to make sure the words are right, because if I'm teaching it to somebody else, I'm not trying to give them a mix of English and Spanish in the, in the process. <laughs> you but just want to be correct, and that's, that's, that's understandable. Definitely, definitely. That is key. Um, the, the new book coming out will be in English and Spanish as well and English and Haitian Creole. My husband's father is from Haiti, so as a tribute to him and his family, I'm doing the book in Haitian Creole as well. That's awesome. That's, That's... amazing. I never thought about writing in another language. <laughs> Opportunity. I, I think one of the things I keep saying to people, if you want to learn about a different culture, you look at their language. If you cannot travel and you look at their food, eat with somebody who speaks a different language and you will learn a lot about that, that group of people. So my little, small little way of contributing to a different culture or sharing a different culture with English speakers as well. That's I awesome. I did, I did a few classes of Spanish. Um, I, done, I done a few classes in Italian because um, I'm Italian Greek. Um, but I haven't worked with the language, spoke with it, or wrote in it was so long that I would have to like retrain myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I selected Garifuna first. Um, so in Belize, like I said, we speak Garifuna, we speak English, we speak Spanish. But another dialect that we have is Creole. So I speak English Creole, um, an English-based Creole, which is one of the, by the time I get to my fifth book, I will probably write it in Creole. And that one I can write by myself. <laughs> um, so it is, it is a way to preserve the Garifuna language. Um, children born and raised in the U.S., they're not immersed in the culture as much as people in in their home countries so it, it gives them that chance to read along and correct themselves if they need to or guide um with the english version their families their parents can teach them to speak the language but reading it may become difficult if you're not immersed in it if you're not using it as often so like i said just my tiny little way of contributing and, and probably helping preserving that culture as well yeah my primary language is english and i'm greek the only thing I know of Greek is whoopa, and that's it. <laughs> a, a couple of Greek dishes, and that's it. That's all I can pass on to my daughter. So, perhaps a book in Greek. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing, I think. Um, again, wanting to see how much I can contribute and tiny ways of giving back. That's pretty much my direction with these books. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I um I feel the same way about when Dad and I do a writing project or uh, when I'm writing something. I um want to be an advocate for people with disabilities. You know, I want them to know that they can still accomplish their dreams, even though there are many obstacles. You know, I I want to be that advocate. I want to inspire others, and that was my mission uh, for when we did the journey with Dad too. Nice. One more. Secret, let him letting loose here with you guys. Oh, breaking so news on Chad with the Coppertons. 
I, I, my goal is to have five books out by the end of the year, hopefully. Um, I'm on my third, being illustrated, and the fourth is in the works, and it's actually called How I See, um, or The Way I See, actually, is the, the title of the book. And it's about a child who's blind, and it, the child will give you ways of how he or she sees the world by touching, by smelling, by listening. Um, but it's also an opportunity to say to other kids, not because this boy or girl cannot see makes him or her any different, any less. Um, so giving younger kids another way to appreciate somebody who is different without uh, being uncomfortable in that space. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially in today's world, the how, how bullying and everything else, that this might, this might stop bullying and and open other people's eyes and say, look, let's help instead of being negative. Definitely. And it all comes with understanding. I think we make fun of people when we don't understand. It's different from what I know. It's not uh, what I'm used to. So from a very young age, getting them used to differences, seeing people as they are and meeting people where they are is, is definitely important for us to get them to move past their, own, their discomfort. And that will definitely help shift their mindset as they, as they move through the world. Yeah, because being blind, they got to use all their five senses, maybe six Definitely. senses. Definitely. And, and have aids of dogs and blind sticks and mm -hmm. other people might think that's funny or and I, I, I don't think that's funny. I, I think it's just the way they are and people just have to accept it and be more understanding and help more instead of being in a negative position. And I think sometimes when we open up to somebody who is in a, in a different situation you learn more imagine that person who cannot see may hear something that you may not pick up and, and you can see because you're not paying attention you're not present in that moment you're not quiet enough to listen to hear so it's just teaching them a different way to see life and see people and and again just a way of trying to tap into these spaces so our, our little ones can understand that not because it's different it's bad yes and if we start at a young age, it'll progress. And hopefully with all that, with what you're doing, what we're doing, and what everybody else in the world is doing, may maybe we can be in a better place. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I don't like bringing up politics. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just... I, I just don't like the way the world is right now. I just wish we were in a better place. But hopefully... But with with us writing books and us doing our podcast maybe we can make a difference definitely and i think i, I know you mentioned perhaps reworking your book and I, I i i want to see for me i would leave it as is simply because mm -hmm. in the right hands that book will make the right impact so that's how i i think my books will be as well so leave them alone is what so you just leave it alone leave it alone in the right okay. hands it will make the right impact because uh, I, I remember the, the, the teacher in the child center, her son was having a problem with the dad. And for some reason, they read the book and he started opening up about how he felt about his dad and what he wanted to do and didn't do. I'm like, I, I didn't mean to, for that book to mm -hmm. be intended like that, but it, it just came out like that. That's the purpose of your book. Just it'll happen in the right hands. Just leave it alone. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I've thought, oh, I need to rewrite this. I need to redo. And then I realized in the right hand, in the right spaces, you will make that impact that you're trying to do without even having to retweak that book. Yeah, you're right. 
And, and I just realized something. I'm never going to make anybody happy. So not hundred percent of the world. So no, <laughs> just let you it are roll. in the right space. You are in the right <laughs> space for the right reasons. <laughs> Hey guys, what's up? It's John from Chatting with the Constantins. I've been asked, how'd you start your podcast, John? And I've said, well, I've done research on YouTube, ask a few people questions, and the consensus okay. was, go to we are back and so see you with our guests. Log in with my email address and password. It pretty easy to use. And we are going to go back to And I downloaded a program called Audacity, which is free. About her inspiration for writing. Uh, Apple or we Windows, both share very, record your um, podcast, we use our writing to inspire others but also it's our passion um, and it's something we have both always wanted to do record all your episodes um, and one of my favorite things about writing is and remember you can always check out incorporating even though i am a very shy person sometimes there's something authentic real um about me that i incorporate into the character i'm creating because um, the most important thing is creating characters that can um, be that are authentic but believable, but something that the readers can connect to. Definitely, um, that one makes um, the story even more engaging. Now, I know that you love writing poetry, so when you told me you were publishing your first book, I wasn't expecting it to be a children's book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that either. Um, but like I said, the first one was kind of just sitting there. Um, I have a, a friend who speaks about divine connections. Um, that when she said it the first time, I kind of kind of looked at her like, "What? What are you talking about?" But what she means is that you come in contact with the right people at the right time in your life. Um, I wrote that, I, I drafted that first book when I was in Belize and I remember saying to her, I, I want to write a children's book. And she is very, very positive. She kept saying, well, just write it. But I had no idea what to do with it after I wrote it. So I kind of just wrote it. And like I said before, I just let it sit. Um, and in the middle of uh, writing with coffee house writers, I spoke with my mentor and I said, you know, I want to write a, a children's book. I remember saying it earlier in maybe 2020 and nobody picked it up. Like the conversation just died. And I said it again to her in the latter part of the year. And she said, oh my goodness, I can help you with that. I have the links. I have a, an illustrator that can help you. He's really good. He's very open to suggest." And she said that to me, I submitted my draft to him in February with the hopes that it would be ready by me. Again, I gave it to him, went back to doing my dissertation, not thinking about anything else. And by March, he had the book ready. <laughs> um, wow, that was quick. Right. Bright, bold colors, just the way I, I envisioned it. And, and he kept saying, we'll work with yellows because it usually pulls the children's attention and the script the words that he used the way he wrote them perfect again divine connection there is there was no way that i would connect to him on my own there is no way that she would have known that i was interested or had this sitting if i had not come back full circle and mention it again because i could have just 
said to myself, well, nobody picked it up the first time. Nobody's giving me any clues. I will not worry about it. It's not important. But simply mentioning it to, a, to her a second time in the right space, she gave me all the tools that I needed to get it done. So Sounds like you did some great, great networking. <laughs> I, without, even, without even realizing it. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly what she... I know exactly what you mean. You know, when dad and I first uh, published our children books, I had some regret because I didn't know as much as I know now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't have that, um, I guess that, I don't know, that writing style that I have now. I didn't know anything about the publishing industry. I didn't know anything about social media marketing and that's it's just um it it bothered me for a long time um but I realize now that you know when the next project comes I'm gonna be ready for this one you know coffee house has helped me hold my craft I've learned poetry writing I've learned how to make um my uh young adult fancy novel better that I'm still working on um you know I have a lot of friends I have you I have Donna I have Caitlin they all have been teaching me a whole bunch about the publishing industry um so I feel really good about the project I'm working on now because I feel more prepared definitely definitely (laughs) and starting off with coffee house writers so how I got into that I like being in the back. (laughs) It makes me very, very nervous when I have to speak about myself and speak about my books and speak about my writing. I like just writing in the shadows and and it's there. Um, I'm learning to kind of just shake it off and let it happen because I am in the right space that I need to be in. Learning to appreciate that is definitely important. Um, But I started off with Coffee House Writers because I was... I had just moved from New Hampshire to Atlanta. So in the middle of looking for a job, it was already a year. I was kind of feeling a little bit sad, depressed. My family, my entire family is in Belize. Um, And I kept thinking, I need to do something. I need to do something more with my time. I cannot just get up, clean the house, watch TV for the rest of the year. And I saw the ad to write with them. And I kept thinking, I'll apply, but I probably won't get it. I, I'm not like a writer. I, I don't have anything published. I, I have tons of poetry stuck in a, an old diary somewhere. And I got that call. I got that call. And the interview, I believe Jess was the person who interviewed me. And from that point on, it has been totally different for me in, in terms of writing. Um, Donna's my mentor. Amazing with the corrections, with the support, with the uh, motivation, um, having Frankie to do the different assignments. Like, even though I'm a mentor, I go in and I do her assignments. I, I try different little things. I read up on different um, styles of poetry. And in turn, having my own group of mentees, I learn from you guys as well. As I've said to you, Destiny, your pieces are authentic. They're compassionate. They're soft. Um, working with Chris on the other side. I like his pieces. He is like uh, very dark, very vampire-ish, which I like. Um, 
<laughs> those are my kinds of movies and books. And so when I started working with him, again, totally different writing style, very different mindset, but it allowed me as a, an, an individual to help him grow as well as learn from him. So coffee house writers i i keep saying it has saved me from myself <laughs> from just sitting in that space of of thinking that i should be in the back i like being in the back i i don't want to be seen i i like to have my work out there and people will eventually see it and figure it out for themselves but it's not necessarily how it works um so the reality of it is just to embrace these spaces and and move into these spaces fully present, fully open, um, engaged, ready to learn. Um, we don't know everything. After looking at my first book, I kept thinking, maybe I should have done the pages differently. Maybe I should have added this. Maybe I should have ordered the, the publishing world is a different uh, area to be in. Um, with the second book, I learned what, what kind of pages to order, how to do my hardcover properly, how to, and just playing around with it, I learned that I can do like a personalized page in the front. I was over the moon to learn that. And I remember calling Donna and saying, hey, did you know that if you type this in, you can have like a personalized page? Because we don't always get to send you guys a book signed from our houses, but I can do it, order it there and send it from that's that online directly to you with a personalized page. So that was another thing to just small, but kind of cool to learn and pass on to somebody else. So as we learn and we go through the process, remember to share it with somebody else and help somebody else along their journey. That's I know, awesome. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I never heard of coffee house writers until I joined Southern New Hampshire University Career Writing Club. And um well, she was the president of the club at the time. Um, Ashley said she was working on an internship for writing. And I thought, you know what, that would be a good idea for me so I could gain more experience and get help with my writing. And she gave me the information. She told me to apply. I was really nervous about applying. Um, <laughs> I must have asked her to check my writing sample, I don't know, maybe five, six times. And she says, you just got to believe in yourself. You got to do it. Mm -hmm. You, you got to go for it. So I did. And, um, you know, I was really happy that they accepted me because um, I wasn't sure how they would um, accept my writing or my writing style. And another thing is, it takes me longer than anyone else to do anything. So I wasn't sure if they would be able to accommodate me. Um, but, you know, Coffee House has been a, a really wonderful community of writers. And um, I am so surprised they asked me to do the social, social media marketing with them. Um, <laughs> But I'm just so, it's been a blessing. That's you should sure. not be surprised. You are amazing. You, and I keep telling you that you, you write really, really well. Like there is no surprise. You are amazing. No question. Desi? Yes, Dad. How many times? Desi? Yes, Dad. How many times I tell you this a day? A hundred or more. <laughs> and this is my first time meeting her and she's telling you everything I tell you every day. So what does that tell you? 
So I need to believe in myself more because I'm talented just like any other writer. Mm-hmm. Bingo. And I have the abilities to do so. You've written a book. I have not written a book. I, I don't have I don't have the patience to write a book. Like I will probably get to chapter one and go, oh no, nah, this is not for me. So these are the little unique bits and pieces that we as writers must remember um, as is. I, my best friend keeps saying to me, you wrote a children's book. I, I don't have a children's book. Any of your other friends have a children's book? So it gives me, it puts things into perspective for me. I keep thinking, oh, it's just a book. It's just a children's book. It's no big deal. But as people keep saying to me, it is a big deal. Not everybody has the time, has the, the skill, the creativity to put together a children's book that is actually beneficial to a child. So walk in that light. That is yours. That is yours to keep. Here, here's a crazy idea. You, you like writing poetry, right? I do. You can write a whole book about poetry. I have a bunch of them waiting. <laughs> so you can stack them up together and, and make one big book. And, <gasps> and there's, your, there, there's your novelty of poetry. And that's how it actually started. So being in the anthology, again, Destiny, I think you and I probably share this. When, the, when I was asked, would you mind if, uh, would you like to be a part of it? I kept thinking, they're asking me, like me? Mm-hmm. Why would they ask me? Like my pieces same, are not that good. <laughs> same reaction. <laughs> so it's like, I read them over. I, I, I kept going, okay, which one would I select? Why would somebody read this? Why would somebody enjoy this? So after a while, I just sent a bunch and I was like, pick whatever you want. And she sent it back to me and she said, no, I want you to pick the ones that you think would work best, that like whatever you think represents you best. And I'm like, you're asking me to? So I kept doing that. Like I kept questioning my work, my pieces. Would they be good enough? Would people like them? Would they fit in the rest of the book. And then of course I got the book in my hand and I was like, I have poetry in this book. So it, it's, it's a really weird feeling to get that invitation and just off the bat, trust your work because you keep wanting to rewrite it. You wanting to correct it. It has to be perfect. But at the end of the day, perfect for which audience um that's that's a very good point it makes no difference how many times you rewrite it somebody will not like it somebody will absolutely love it somebody will be in the middle going this is not for me um imagine writing poetry and my older sister my my biggest cheerleader she's like i don't really like poetry i'm like are you kidding me you better like poetry because i'm sending you a book but <laughs> I also said to her, this may be your, your introduction to poetry because it's not just my pieces. You may read through the rest of it and you may find somebody else who writes in a different style that you may actually like. So I still sent her the book. Um, you never know. You never know. That person may come across your piece and may be absolutely in love with it and fall in love with poetry. So... I am trying not to overthink it anymore. I write it. I love it. I let it go. Well, I had the answer to your question about why they selected you. Why? <laughs> because you're a talented, passionate about your work, and you shouldn't be in the back anymore. You should stand out being in the front. That's my answer. Okay. 
I will take that. Like I said, I have to, I, I'm open, receptive. You have to be open, receptive. I accept it. Because <laughs> my daughter is like that too. And like, honey, no, you're, you, you're meant to stand out. You're meant to put, put your work in front of people. You have a passion. Show that passion and just let it flow. Who cares what it, anybody thinks about it? It's mm -hmm. like, you're the one to put in the work. You're the one committing to this project. What are they doing? Sit, sit back and complain and hating on it because they don't like it, but somebody else likes it? St stand out. Stand out and show off. That's all I've you got to do. I've always been that way. I, I, with, with work, with school, with my writing, I, I put it out. And I just leave it there, like standing all the way in the back, <laughs> hoping nobody looks in the back. Um, and I find like it, it has always happened where people will pull me to the front. So I am forced destiny. Thank you so much. <laughs> because when you sent me the invite, I was freaking out. Like, what will I say? Why? why would I do a podcast? Like, and again, in the same vein, in the same light, it's stepping into that fear, walking with that fear, having it propel you forward, because it's an opportunity to share why I write, how I write, how I came up with the writings. Um, it, it is, for me, as a, an 11 year old, I remember telling my teacher, I want to be, when I grew up, I want to be important, not popular. Whatever I do, I want it to be important. It, wherever I work, I want it to be a job that is important to people. Um, so eventually I thought that I would be a nurse, not happening. <laughs> but I wanted my work to be important. And, and I think with my books, that's why I prefer writing for children because it's important that they grow up and they understand the differences they, they know words they can speak well they can read they can so having write write a no, writing a novel for a grown person to just sit for a couple hours and enjoy and put the book aside no nah, I, I think going the route of a children's book you have a two-year-old that child will grow up and you will eventually say to somebody oh, I have a book that my kid's no longer using and that book will pass on to somebody else's child um I have an amazing group of friends. I have friends with no children who have actually purchased my book and donated it to their public library. I, small things that I did not think about, they come up with. And I think, imagine having that book in a public space that another child who may not have an opportunity to buy that book, the parent may not have mm -hmm. an opportunity to purchase that book, still gets a chance to, to enjoy and read that book. You know what that's called? That's all uh, old school uh, word of mouth advertising. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Again, I questioned that. Like I kept asking, why would you buy the book? You don't have a child. And, and on two different uh, occasions, one lived in, I believe he's in Arkansas. And he said, I'm going to donate it without sharing his uh, decision, another friend of mine did exactly the same thing. And then she posted to social media to say, hey, if you don't have children, this is an idea. If you have the little pop-up book stands, slide them in there so that the children can, can get a chance to read it. Again, I sat there thinking, I have like the coolest friends with the best ideas. <laughs> That's awesome. So. You, you got a good cheering section. It's it, it kind of really to the back to the point where you're afraid to come out in front. Definitely. I, I was afraid to start a podcast. 
<laughs> because I I don't plan things. I just I have no basically no filter. I just let let it go. And my daughter's more organized, and sometimes I bring out episodes more quicker. But I, since I brought her on, I, I think it's a lot better because we can share our both our both talents. Because I love computers, wrestling. I even talk about my personal health because I have diabetes and medicine. And mm-hmm. she loves talking about writing, so I'm like, okay, we just mess all that together. Definitely. Definitely. And I, I'm surprised we have like 95 percent of the United States listening. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. And the personalities are perfect because having somebody who is outstanding and bold and then having somebody who is shy, perfect combination because you can bring her up and she can pull you back. <laughs> exactly. She's like, dad, you got to dial it down because the, I, I, I don't know if you listened to our episode back in June where I was going crazy because I, I'm waiting on the IRS and I just blew up on the podcast and and all of a sudden, that episode blows up to like 20 people. And it's like, I brought out a comedian side of me. And I, I don't know. I just, just, just got to stay grounded. It does. <laughs> just it does. Yeah. So uh, moving back quickly to the book, something that I decided yes. to do with the second book, Julie B and Me, because it's about a little girl and her doll. Mm-hmm. I've actually, um, I've joined with this woman from Etsy she she's on Etsy and I I fell in love with her doll I was looking for a little uh doll that is kind of close to the doll in the book and I reached out to her and she's yeah I would love to join forces with you so what I'm doing for a very short period of time I am putting together a package um with the book and a doll so little girls can actually and and this woman, her name is Laura. Um, she has given me permission to tag her once I post it on Instagram so I can have all her information there as well. But she actually came back and she said, we can add the name of the little girls on the doll. And I kept saying, I don't know the little girls, but the doll's name in the book will never change. So we agreed to put the doll's name on the dress. So every little girl that any parent who decides to do it that way will have a book and a doll. So that every little girl who has it can have their own little Julie B with them. That is awesome. That's, that's great I marketing right that. there. I got the first, well, I already shipped the first doll to Belize. So that's, that's on its way. Um, I have my first littlest reader. She is going on one and a half, but her mom is a big book person so this little girl has her own little library of books and I'm like my books are in your library so I sent her mom the first doll and the first book it's it's amazing I can't wait to get her video so I can start crying all over again (laughs) that's awesome I love that of course if I do that I have to think of something for the little boys as well so now Mm -hmm. I have to come up with another creative idea You'll figure it out. Now, now, if you're teaching a class, what kind of writing style would, would you help somebody with if they're struggling? I think writing in terms of, in terms of stories or in terms of poetry. Uh, it, it depends. Like if it's a story or poetry, what, the, what, what kind of style would you like to like lean into? Like what is your favorite style of writing? None. I am None? open. I am very, very, very open. And I think this is uh like a conversation Destiny and I had when she first submitted her piece to me. Writing is about you, how you feel, 
what's happening with you. And going back to something Destiny shared, that authenticity is what keeps your reader. Um, so I would never, I don't try to lean into any writing style, whatever comes from that person. My role is to guide you to the end result, um, getting you to a very clean, uh, clear project. But how you present that story, how you write that poetry, how you write whatever it is you're presenting should come from you and represent you. One of the things that I do with my books, I write it in the way I see it, the way I think about it. My illustrator has full um, autonomy on how he creates the story. And so it gives that child a different view of what that story should be. But at the end of the day, that, that child will come up with his or her own way of interpreting that story. So the reason I give him full permission to draw however, whatever it is he wants to do is because when I write that story, if I tell you how to draw it, then I'm giving the readers the same story two different ways. Right. It is very, very important for me when somebody else reads my book. I don't care if it's a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, that child is able to walk away with their own interpretation. So if somebody comes to me with a piece and asks me to edit, to guide, I guide in the direction that that person's already writing to get them to that end version of their story. That's awesome. I, I always kind of prefer to leave the ending open-ended because it might lead to something else or let them keep guessing. Mm -hmm. That's what I, 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 that's what I like about a book. You know, it's, it's like, I find it to, I, I like it more open-ending because it leads, it leads to something else. And you're always right. curious about that something else. Right. And, and as I mentioned, for me, I, I'm never writing in the, in the mindset that I can have a series of books in, in terms. So you won't, probably ever see Julie B and me at the beach, at the park, at the zoo. <laughs> um, I've never, that's not my mindset. Like I said, I leave the ending in such a way, perhaps a five, seven, 11 year old may have a story and they may read the book and go, I can write a story based on the book that I just read. And with the help of a parent, with the help of a um, guide, a mentor, we'll have a story based on the story that I created. So that's why I leave it open. Not necessarily for me to jump in and make another book and have another book on the same topic, on the same doll, on the same. Um, eventually, I may want to do that, a, a story that is in a series. But for right now, my goal, my aim is to find that little girl perhaps sitting in Belize thinking, I have a story. I've written that story. It's sitting in my little notebook somewhere. And they would come up with a story similar to how I wrote that story thinking it may never come to anything else. They can definitely go. I know her. She grew up on the street across from my mom's house. Like I can do this, you know, um, that's my aim and goal. And, and I think even if I saw a little Belizean girl with the same, I would do the same. I would guide in the same direction. If this is where you want your book to go, what do you want the readers to know? What do you want the readers to see? And that how, that's how I would, would guide. I, not correct, but guide. Because correcting means now you're writing the way I think your book should be. Right. And, you're always, and it sounds like you're, you're expiring other people to keep writing, which is kind of cool. That's why I tell Destiny all the time. You, you, mm -hmm. you inspire me. You know, even though I can't write properly, that's why you're my tutor. <laughs> to guide me through to get it right. But, you know, 
you're inspiring people. She's inspiring people. That's that's awesome. It's just totally awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I will try not to stand in the back anymore. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. You should be front and center. It is a hard thing. It is a hard thing to do. And, and I think Destiny would would be able to kind of relate. It's, it's, it's not necessarily that we don't think we belong in the front, but it's almost like the work speaks for itself this is my work and I'll put it out there. You don't have to see my face. You don't have to hear my voice. I don't have to be attached to it. I'll just leave it here and you'll find it. Um, but like you said, speak, even being on this podcast, which I will tell you both, thank you so much for the opportunity to bring forth the, the books and the reason I write and, and my ideas on, on writing and, and stuff like that, because it would not be something that I would think to do. It would be one of those things I would definitely say, oh, I'm busy. I have my papers to write. I have class. Um, and lose an opportunity to say to that little girl who's dreaming about writing, you can do it. It's hard work. You have to be committed. You have to put in the time. But at the end of the day, it is a rewarding thing. So. And you, you, I'm, I'm glad you took the time to, to, to hang out with us on, on, with the, with, with our podcast and you have an open invitation to come back on anytime you want. I definitely have to bring daddy's nose and toes because the little boys need their book. <laughs> exactly. That sounds really cute. <laughs> the first I've sent the first, when I sent the first draft to the illustrator, he's like, I'll read this in like five minutes. And I got an email immediately after saying, this is so funny. I already have pictures in my head. So I hope that little boys feel exactly the same way or little girls. Makes no difference. Whoever wants to read it <laughs> and just yep. get ready to have a, a really nice fun ride with that third book as well. Well, awesome. I, well I can't wait to see the third book. Um, <laughs> I will definitely buy one for my little nephew because um, I'm sure he's going to love it. Thank you so much, Destiny, <laughs> for the support, the encouragement, the motivation, and thank you for just being you. Awesome. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> You've been so supportive, too, and I wanted to give you an opportunity to share your stories because um, this is how Dan and I started. We went to our local news stations. Uh, we asked people we know for help. Um, and every every author deserves the opportunity to share their side of things. Um, and I love sharing why I write and writing tips to help others. And I think it's a big, it's a big importance. Um, and as a big, as a book, uh, book reviewer and book blogger and author myself, I love to know why an author created this or what was their idea on this? I, I love knowing the inside scoop. So that's why I asked you to come. So you can have the opportunity to share your work. Thank you so much. So I just found out just before I hopped on, um, a girlfriend, she actually sent me a picture. So I think, Destiny, you may have noticed that I posted that where the book is actually in Target. It's in Walmart. It's Barnes & Noble. I saw the so Target uh, one. <laughs> she sent me a picture she, she's like I'm in Walmart here it is so I got a picture and I'm like I have a podcast I will call you back <laughs> but awesome. that was another one of those moments that I talk about so the books on Amazon and I, I again I put it out there and I thought about okay I have a book 
let's keep moving. I have other things that I'm working on, so let's keep moving, right? And a friend asked me to send a link. Somebody asked me, can you share the link so that I can purchase the book? And absentmindedly, I searched for my name, thinking I was already in the Amazon um, link uh, page, mm -hmm. and I was on a Google page. So my name popped up and I saw my picture. I saw Coffeehouse Writers, the anthology and stuff like that. And I kept thinking, let me just scroll and see. And I came across the Target. Um, oh, you can buy this here. And I, I stopped, like I literally stopped, like that's my book, like that's my book. So I came running down the stairs and I said to my husband, look at this, look at this. And I turned my phone to him pointing. So he said, are you going to tap on the link or are you just going to stare at the link? <laughs> I was so nervous to tap on the link because I kept thinking this might be a joke. But so I tapped on it and I started going, this is my book. It's in Target. This is my book. <laughs> Do you want some water? <laughs> so, yeah. I have not seen it in person in a store as yet. So when she sent it, again, it's like my mind goes blank and it's like, I see my name, but it does not quite register yet that I actually have these books and my name's attached to these books. And children in my home country will see my name attached to these books, knowing that I grew up in... Uh, Central America. I, I moved to the U.S. when I was in my 30s. It's, it's not that I grew up in the U.S. with all these opportunities. So it's an opportunity. You can do it. It makes no difference if you're in the home country, if you have an opportunity to move to a different country. It does not have to be the U.S. You can move to a different Caribbean country. There's opportunities as long as you put in the work. And as long as you have a space to write, you can write from Definitely. anywhere. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And you just became famous in your in Belize, and now you're famous in the United States, and you created your own opportunity. Definitely. Well, with a little bit of divine connections. <laughs> definitely, this is definitely not a journey I took by myself. Uh, Coffee house writers definitely tapped into that little space of me needing to open up and write and be free to share. Um, having Donna as my mentor, my coach, my uh, person to, who was willing to share her knowledge uh, definitely is, is an opportunity as well. Destiny opening her podcast or both of you opening your podcast to me, it's another uh, piece of the puzzle, but it's also reminding people that we're not walking these journeys on our own. We're not walking by ourselves. We need somebody else to definitely help us along the journey. Here we are. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Support from family and friends is, is a big um, a big help and motivator. Um, it surrounding the people, sur being surrounded by the people you love, you know, encourage you to pursue your passion even more. Definitely. I know I wouldn't be in the position I am without my dad or my mom or my best friends because I am a person who gets nervous all the time no matter what i'm doing um i have doubts in my abilities and i always get nervous and i always get scared um and um i have a lot of big dreams and i always get nervous because i want to accomplish them all but having a lot of support um gets me through um when, especially when i'm having a difficult time Yep, it's it's day to the rescue. 
<laughs> I totally, I can totally relate. And Destiny, I will tell you for the last time, you are amazing. Like I, I can see your name on so many different things. I, it's going to happen for sure. I appreciate it. All, all it takes is a little time. Mm-hmm. And speaking right to the right people. The right Definitely. Right space, right time, and those connections. I appreciate I appreciate you coming on as our guest. It was my pleasure, and I look forward to speaking with both of you when I have that third book in hand. Just, <laughs> we just can't keep, wait. <laughs> keep us posted. Now, is there anything else we uh, like to let our listeners know about you? Uh, like where we can, uh, um, where you can find your books? Oh, definitely, definitely. Both books are available on Amazon. Um, And like I said, I just found out the first one is now in Target, now in Walmart. Uh, But definitely the go-to link would be um, Amazon and you can get both of them. The second one in English and Spanish, full English if you so choose, or English and Garifuna if you just want to try something new. And, And we'll have all those links posted on our website. Perfect. Thank you guys so much for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. And Destiny, I get to do it one last time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, uh, we had a wonderful chat with Nicole today as our special guest. And we want to thank everybody for listening to Chatting with the Constantins on Anchor.fm. And remember, it's always a great time to have a great chat. Thank you, listeners, for joining us this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to Nicole's story and passion for writing and education. In next week's episode, owner of Functioning Fictional, and multi-genre author Kay Marie will be joining us. She will be telling her story of why she writes and her new contemporary romance series, Ben Hugh Firebirds. Have a wonderful weekend, and thank you for listening to Chatting with the Constantins on Anchor.fm.